Time for us just to share a little bit of God's word. Yeah. And uh, um, this morning, as, as we uh, as we gather in this middle Sunday on, on Christmas, um, I, I just want to turn us to the beginning of Matthew. Don't worry, it's not going to be a very long talk this morning, but um, I just would love us to have a look at the first chapter of Matthew together and the genealogy of, of Jesus. You may have seen it at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter one. It could be one of those uh, little passages that we flick through very quickly but I think there's a couple of key messages for us um, this morning uh, on this Sunday in the Christmas week so um, why don't if you've got a Bible grab it and open it up um, or switch it on if it's not on the device that you're watching on, on this morning let's listen to the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter one Nikki okay so I'm going to read it and then I'll pray for Andrew and then he's going to speak so the genealogy of Jesus a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon. Narshon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram. Jehoram, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah, the father of Jotham. Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Ammon. Ammon, the father of Josiah. And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the father of Abiud. Abiud, the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. Azor, the father of Zadok. Zadok, the father of Achim. Achim, the father of Eliud. Eliud, the father of Eliezer. Eleazar, the father of Mathan. Mathan, the father of Jacob. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Thus, there are 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Christ. So, Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the truth in there. And we thank you for Andrew and the way you have spoken to him as he's prepared for this. Lord, pray, we pray that you would speak to Andrew, that Andrew would know your will and share that with us. Amen. 
Amen. Now, come on, there's got to be a big hand out there for Nikki reading the genealogy. I can't even say the word of, of Jesus from Matthew chapter one. She did brilliantly. And I, I gave her such a lot of preparation time. It must have been at least five minutes before she had to, had to read that. Um, I'm just going to say hello to Thomas online. Um, uh, and Thomas, you get a special hello because you're watching us from India. You're our mission partner in India. And Dave Rose just on the chat. Just highlighted that. So, uh, Thomas, our brother uh, out there in India, thank you so much for all you are doing. And you are so far uh, ahead of us in mission. We know so often we learn so much from you and from our other mission partners. So it's just wonderful to have you with us this morning. So I'll come to, to, to Matthew chapter one in just a, just a moment. Um, I, I wonder if you have heard that little story about the, the four-year-old who was asked to um, do grace at Christmas lunch. Um, and, uh, you know, and his mum said to him, darling, make it a good one. Not the, just the little quick one, but make it a really good one. Pray for everything. So the little boy bows his head and he starts praying and he says, dear God, thank you for mummy and, and thank you for Auntie Irene and thank you for grandpa and thank you for grandma and thank you for my brother and, and praise for all of the different people thanking God for each of them and then he says and and thank you God for the turkey and thank you God for potatoes and thank you God for the carrots and for the parsnips and thank you God for for um, the cranberry sauce and thank you God for the pigs in blankets and then he stops and there's silence and the silence lasts for quite a long time. And finally, he looks up and he looks at his mum and he says, Mum, do you think that God will know I'm lying if I say thank you for the sprouts? <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Haven't heard that one. <laughs> no? There you go. Look, lots of people um, kind of, I don't know whether you wanted sprouts for your Christmas lunch to make it perfect. The Blythe household did have sprouts and uh, we're still aware of that in the Blythe household at the moment. The sprouts and the onion and the bacon all mixed up together. I, I don't know what you think makes a perfect Christmas, Christmas lunch. Um, lots of people um, invest an enormous amount of time, don't they, and energy in uh, trying to make Christmas um, certainly special, but some people to make it make it perfect. Um, and in our culture, there's quite a in, in, in this country, in our culture, quite a quite a thing on trying to have um, the ideal Christmas. We see all those adverts, don't we, which sort of demonstrate or try to portray the ideal Christmas. Um, maybe uh, maybe you 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 go with that. Maybe you don't go with that. Well. In, in normal times, uh, rarely do you have ideal Christmases. Um, I'm not always at my best on, on Christmas Day after I've done a lot of stuff in church and then I'm home um, with loads of other people. I'm not always at my best in that. We don't, it's hard to have the ideal Christmas, certainly the way the world would portray it, in normal times. Um, and this year, even more so. Um, uh, Christmas for many of us has been what we might think of as being far from ideal. But my simple message this morning is that essential to the good news of Jesus Christ, the, the good news uh, 
that God is Emmanuel, God is with us, is that God has stepped into the reality of this world, hasn't he? Uh, in the birth of Jesus, that God takes on human form. He's, he's, he's born into mess and it's a, a, a kind of a physical scene of some mess, but it's certainly a, a relational scene, a social scene and a political scene of mess. Things did not look ideal when God was born on earth in Jesus Christ. And uh, this genealogy from Matthew, Matthew chapter one, really illustrates this for us, that, that um, God has a plan that is unfolding and it's within the mess of our world as it, as it really is. Now, now genealogies in, in uh, Hebrew thinking are significant. Um, names really, really matter and names have a, a numerical value in, in, in Hebrew, in the Hebrew alphabet. Um, it's, it's through numbers that, uh, that you can see God's divine work that represented um, by numbers. So genealogies are, are really important. They, they place people in the history the history of God's salvation plan. And also genealogies give connectedness. They, they show how one action that God has taken connects to all the other actions that God has taken. And so Matthew has constructed, and that's not a negative thing, that's not a wrong thing in the thinking of his time. Matthew has constructed a genealogy for us that demonstrates that God is at work in the mess of this world. And critically for Matthew, Luke also has a genealogy and you may know it's slightly different to Matthew's, but critically for Matthew's gene genealogy is it demonstrates how Jesus is connected the whole way back into, into Jewish history. This genealogy is a resume, a, a summary of God's um, actions, God's salvation's actions. It's, it's organised, we're told, into, in, in three sets. It may be set out that way in your Bible if you're having a, a look at it now, Matthew chapter 1. There are three sets of names trying to show 14 different generations, maybe only 13 in the third set, but, but three groups and the number 14 has significance. Uh, the number 14 um, is, is the numerical value of, of the letters in David's name. So Jesus is being connected by Matthew straight away to King David. You can see it there in verse 1, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. David, King David the greatest king of Jewish history, the one that God had sent to, to bring salvation uh, in, in David's terms. And now here is Jesus, who is the Christ, the Messiah, the Saviour, the anointed one. That word Messiah means the anointed king. And, and the number seven in Hebrew, so 14, two times seven. The number seven is the, is the number uh, for perfection. It's the divine number for completion. On the seventh day of creation, God sees that all is good and he rests. It's completed. 
It's finished. So Matthew is doing things deliberately, not in any kind of wrong sort of construction, not in, uh, in any fabrication. What Matthew is demonstrating is that Jesus is connected to everything that God has been doing in the past throughout the whole of the Old Testament, throughout the whole of the Old Testament history. And Matthew wants us to know that there is perfection that there is completion in the coming of Jesus into the world, that God is with us. And so this genealogy just, I think, tells us two things, doesn't it? When we look through it and we see some of the names, we see there was Rahab, the prostitute. There was uh, Tamar. Who, who's not, not a Jew. There's uh, all kinds of interesting family circumstances and marital circumstances represented in the stories behind each of these names. The first thing we hear through this, this genealogy about Jesus is that God is at work in this world in every season, in every generation, in all of the mess. And so in the year that we've just experienced, that uh, with COVID-19, such a traumatic uh, event, the genealogy of Jesus, certainly for me today, encourages me that God sees all things that the, the events that are as shocking and as terrible as they are, that impact on my life and cause me to question everything. And that's the truth. But nonetheless, even around my questioning, my uncertainty, our uncertainties, there is God's unfolding plan. God is at work in the meta-narrative, the big story of creation and the fall and then restoration and redemption through, through God's actions in Jesus Christ. That's the first lesson, message, I think, for us this Christmas time from the genealogy of Jesus. The second is fairly obvious, I hope is that God works his purposes through people of every kind. People who have messed up. People who have made wrong choices. People who maybe feel like they're outsiders. People who can't do perfect Christmases. Can't do perfect life. People who are broken people who come with their questions, their doubts, their faults and their failings, people who others might dismiss. The genealogy of Jesus, says Matthew, tells us that God is working his purposes out through people like me and people like you. We don't have to put on a show our lives are not dependent on an ideal anything, let alone an ideal Christmas. As we look back into 2020, 
we can have assurance that God is still with us. God is at work despite everything that has happened. As we look forward into 2021, we can, every single one of us, whatever our circumstances, whatever life has happened to this point, whatever you're in the middle of now, God's purposes are worked out in people like us. If we will say yes, if we will kneel and worship at the foot of the little baby, the baby in the manger, but of course the one who grew up and lived, died on the cross to remove every barrier, rose again to give life in all its fullness, the gift of eternal life. God is at work. We can look forward with faith and certainty, whoever we are. May God bless us this Christmas time and into the coming new year. Why don't we just take a moment to receive these truths? Maybe just put a hand on our hearts and just say, Holy Spirit, God with us now. Thank you that you see all things. Thank you that you know all things. Thank you that your perfect plan, your perfect purposes continue to be worked out. Whatever the circumstances. And Holy Spirit, as you fill us again, thank you for the truth that you have always worked through imperfect people. You have always worked within the realities of life, whatever our circumstances. You are the God of new beginnings, new every day. And so Holy Spirit, come, fill each one of us to know that you want to walk with us into the new year. You want to use us for your purposes every single one of us. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.